Come with us down the rabbit hole. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. As we explore the odd and esoteric. If my answers frighten you, then you should cease asking scary questions. This is the AU Radio Underground Files. Underground Files. This just in, we're receiving several telegrams of reports of an absolute massacre down at the Columbia River. Limbs all over the place, I tell you. Arms over here, legs over there, destroying many hydroplanes in their yellow cherry fury. Why, many our male girl said there's a human scalp that landed on her phrenology wand. Grab the women and children. The local Native Americans were right. They've angered the ancient spirits and the hordes of ghostly rubber ducks are attacking our citizens mercilessly. Run for your lives, I say. These are the underground files. The spirits of the angry rubber ducks. Rubber ducks. (laughs) You're a jerk. (laughs) Across from me is a man whose Star Wars obsession is getting a tad excessive. It wasn't a problem until I came home and he was on the couch in a Sith robe with a lightsaber trying to levitate the cat. It's Corey. I'd have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for you kids and that pesky dog. There was no (laughs) time. This woman has given me crap for a year about summoning a water demon that subsequently threw a live angry jellyfish into the gears of our lives, but she's allowed to so- to associate with librarians? They'll kill us all, don't you understand? It's Hannah. But where are the librarians? <gasps> no, we're not. <laughs> don't rope me in with those people. He was once courted by a fabulously wealthy and extremely well-dressed a thousand-year-old vampire. Everything was going great until he decided to invite him over for dinner. How the hell was he supposed to know there was garlic and fettuccine? It's Travis. <laughs> that sounds like a, a real story. <laughs> <laughs> it does. I, I feel like if you told me that story okay. and was like, oh, yeah, it was Travis, I'd be like, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Just reminds me of that time I almost killed Angela. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just like the idea of you catfishing a thousand year old vampire. Yeah. Hey, buddy. <laughs> he doesn't have to catfish him. It's just Travis. Why are you? T- is that how you talk to vampires? Hey. Yeah, hey. Ew. Hey, My name's Katie from the podcast, and this is Case File 2.23. We want to apologize for not airing an episode last week. We actually lost it. So now we're going to do the same episode we recorded last time. So we're going to talk about... Yeah, Yeah. but with Travis this time. (laughs) It's part two, Electric Boogaloo. That the part one does not exist. Today, we're going to be talking about freshwater monsters, the creepies and crawlies of the deep. This just in. <gasps> I wanted to, uh, where I normally wait for the news till the end, but we have a news story that pertains to our topic today. Oh, yeah? Nessie sightings <gasps> marked in 2019 at the highest level in 40 years. Really? Yeah. Podcast trip, anybody? <laughs> nah? Yeah. Yeah, let's so, go. Uh, if you can so the figure crypti- out a way to pay for all of our flights, I will go. So uh, that's got to be a Patreon tier, I think. Uh, <laughs> according to the official records of Loch Ness, uh, Nessie was spotted 18 times. Holy crap. In 2019. So how more much, than once a month. How much do we, how much of that is tourists being like, yeah, we went down to Loch Ness and then I totally saw the Loch Ness monster like I like that's what you do whenever you go there. I don't I don't I genuinely don't think that's as big of a thing. Okay. Like I really don't. I I don't think anybody wants to go there as a tourist to fake it. 
Yeah, that's fair. You know what I mean? Like you, think, you you want the real deal. Yeah. Do you think that maybe like the uptick in sightings is just because people are so disillusioned with the world right now that they just need a fanciful escape? <laughs> just let me talk about the lake dinosaur, okay? I think Nessie is uh, genuinely concerned with Brexit. Yeah. And therefore making her <laughs> concerns known. <laughs> Speaking of, so we're going to be talking about the freshwater monsters. We're going to be talking about this for three different reasons. We, uh, one, are due for a cryptid episode. Two, nothing freaks me out more than water monsters. We've talked about that on several episodes of the show. And three, the movie Crawl. Yeah, you want to talk about Crawl? I want to talk about the movie Crawl. So we settled this debate the first time we recorded it, but I want to talk about it a little bit. So... In the movie Crawl, it's a movie about uh, in Florida, actually Florida man. He, uh, there's a flash flood happening, and there's a or no, it's a hurricane, <coughs> and this whole house floods with this adult daughter and her dad in it, and a bunch of gators crawl into their house and start like trying to eat them. Hilarity ensues. Now there's a scene where. She had where the girl has a pistol. Oh my god, we're gonna go back to this. What? That's the that's the thing. I still don't necessarily believe you guys. So she has a pistol in her hand, and the uh and the gator clamps down on her forearm and almost to her elbow, but about mid forearm. And she and the gator clamps down and she's unloading this pistol into this gator and it's like getting shot in the face and all kinds of stuff, but it's pulling and trying to death roll her a little bit. Now I think with how the teeth were arranged, it would have completely degloved her hand. It wouldn't have just no. stayed there. No. Why? That's not, That's how, not how gator, gator teeth, teeth work. Mm. They, they have, <laughs> their teeth are not all the same size. Yeah. And they're very weirdly dispersed and their jaw pressure is so high they don't just rip skin off. If that gator rolls, it's going to detach her arm. Okay, see, I okay. If they're more. They're okay. So the 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 bite power is more bone crushing. Yeah. Than the teeth are razor sharp. Okay. The teeth are more like crude spikes. Okay. So I mean, that's that's you're not you're looking you're thinking of like the razor sharp teeth of a shark. That's exactly what I was just it, thinking. That is shark not teeth, yeah. at all what a alligator tooth looks it, like. It okay. also takes quite a bit of different kind of pressure to deglove skin. Okay, because the teeth pierce through the skin and to the bone. Yeah, if that alligator, even if it ripped and it didn't rip her arm off, it would just leave jagged chunks in her arm. It would take okay. off chunks of skin. Degloving is a pressure wound that doesn't yeah. pierce too far down and yeah peels the skin back like yeah. a potato. <sighs> Send us your pictures of gator bites, everybody. I have some questions. So, so okay. Actually, I agree with you guys. I, that makes infinitely more sense because also that movie that was the least. That was the smallest leap of that entire movie. Still terrifying. So why not start with the cryptid with the funnest name to say and Ian's favorite water cryptid, Ogapogo. 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 That's a uh, Cartoon Network animation series. Yeah, it totally should be. <laughs> the giant monster that lives in Okanagan Lake, Ogapogo, is by all accounts the Canadian equivalent of the Loch Ness Monster. Which honestly, I think attributes to the validity of these claims because it's kind of like with Bigfoot, every single culture has their own version of this animal, especially around lakes. There's all like in like the same climate in the same regions. 
a lot of different groups are like, oh, yes, we have Loch Ness. We have Ogopogo. We have a bunch of these different lake monsters. It's only a pluridon. And, and just uh, real quick, I want to do a, a quick little crossover and shout out to uh, the Cascadia Hockey Podcast uh, because Ogopogo happens to be the logo on the jersey of the Kelowna Rockets. That's dope. So what do, you, do you think that having so many different people saying that they have lake monsters in there kind of adds to the validity of their claims? I, uh, well, because I think it would make it less likely that there's just Loch Ness or there's just Ogopogo. Well, so the thing is with a lot of the... Um, a lot of the legends around lake monsters, they also go all the way back to tribal folklore. Mm -hmm. So it's not like it's a pop culture thing. Like, Oh, we've got our own Nessie. Like yeah. that's how people refer to it and speak of it. Yeah. But these legends have been there long before anybody knew they were anywhere else. Yeah. And I mean, we, we know more about space than we do like most of the deep waters. On which, our own planet. Which is why it's so terrifying. And I hate it. I a hate lot it. of these lakes um, that these like Nessie-like sea creatures are seen in are very deep and very hard to explore because they've got a lot of cave systems and rocky outcroppings and it makes sonar very difficult and it makes even sending a dirigible, <laughs> or not a dirigible, <laughs> send the dirigible. Submergible. Oh my God, I'm so tired, guys. <laughs> <laughs> sending down like a submarine and... Um, exploring very difficult because there's so many cave systems that you, you can't possibly explore them all. Oh yeah. No, it's terrible. No, it's impossible for you to completely hundred percent scour those. According places. to historian Mark M. Orkin, um, the creature received its name on a night in 1924 when the strains of an English music hall song were first heard in the city of Vernon, British Columbia. Orkin cites the following lines from the song. His mother was an earwig. Oh. His father was a whale. A little bit of head and hardly any tail. <laughs> and Ogopogo was his name. Really? Lack of a tail. Now I've just got Ogopogo was his name. <laughs> <laughs> so between 40 to 50 feet long, that is 12 to 15 meters. The sea serpent resembling an extinct. Hey, hey, nobody listening to this knows metric system except for maybe Jacob. Yeah. Let him <laughs> uh, resembling an extinct uh, Basilosaurus or Mosasaurus, Ogopogo has been allegedly seen by First Nations people since the 19th century. According to skeptical author Benjamin Radford, the First Nations stories were not referring to a literal lake monster like Ogopogo, but instead to a legendary sp water spirit through the supernatural Nahatik of the Okanagan Valley Indians as long as is long gone, a decidedly less fearsome and more biological beast whose exact form is a matter of debate has replaced it. So he thinks that... See, he thinks that it's just some kind of, like, really big lizard that lives there or some sort of, like, really deformed, like, super gross-looking otter. Stur sturgeon. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot... And that's something that we'll bring... That, that we can bring up now is that sturgeon get mistaken for lake monsters all the time because they're huge they're they, massive and they're they, terrifying they they're are so scary. lake monsters i don't care what you say sturgeon are 100 percent so lake scary. monsters but did he, i tell this did i tell the story about the sturgeon last time i don't I tell don't a story about tell it this the time story about the sturgeon you don't remember this i don't know so uh back back in the mid 90s 
we were, uh, my family was big into water skiing. Like that's what they did all the time. And so us kids, like before we learned how to water ski, we kneeboarded. And my, my niece was kneeboarding um, behind the boat and saw this log in the water and decided to like hit it and do a little jump. And right before she hit it, she realized that it was a dead sturgeon <laughs> and couldn't really pull out of the, the trajectory she was on. Oh, God. So she hit it and it just exploded. This bloated <laughs> dead sturgeon going everywhere. She was covered in all kinds of gunk. And uh, <laughs> it was just repugnant. And I laughed and I laughed and I laughed because it was funny because seconds before she was singing the nights, the, the night the lights went out in Georgia <laughs> and then she was covered in dead fish. Okay. So imagine this. Imagine you're kneeboarding on a lake. You're having a grand old time. You're singing Reba McIntyre as one absolutely mandatorily should and just like bebopping down. And then you see this giant like 15 foot long monster and you and you're going way too and you're coming in way too hot to get it or to not hit it and you're like oh my god this is how we go this is how we go and it just is viscera and guts yeah. all over you the worst sushi ever <laughs> it's that gas station sushi that's just been left out too long so I, got, oh. I got times for sushis and sashimi <laughs> So, but that's what I appreciate about you. (laughs) No, but uh, Benjamin Radford, his thoughts of it originally being some sort of uh, folklore beast and then turning into some and then it like was actually it's gotten projected onto this lizard thingy that he thinks lives in the lake. It kind of leans towards tulpas a little bit. And if I'm positive that we've talked about tulpas in the past with our uh, creepypasta episode. Uh, tulpas are things that if enough people think about them and believe that they exist, it's something that it's a theory that you can manifest it into reality. Yeah. Nothing. Well, that's fair. No. T- it, I. How much so, do we think that's happening? When I, it comes to I don't these? think that that is the case. I think tulpas are, are very real and they're a, a phenomenon that absolutely happens. But with river, lake and sea monsters, like... Humans have this tendency, because we are innate storytellers, to take anything we don't quite understand and turn it into a story and make a legend out of it because we need a way to um, understand what's going on around us. And so I think a lot of those are just the fact that water is so foreign to us. Like, we are not creatures that are meant to be in the water. We are not creatures that live in the water. And so anytime we see something in the water that we maybe don't understand because we just see this big shadow moving along under the surface and we're like, oh, my gosh, what is that? Ah! It's actually a 20 foot sturgeon, but we think that it's a lake monster. And, And so I think a lot of the sightings and stuff are that kind of a phenomenon versus us willing something into existence. Okay. So, I think these things actually exist. They might just not be what we think they are. So I have I have a thing to go along with that. Is a tulpa needs belief to work, mm-hmm. right? For it to be a thing. Right. I think there are people who want to believe. Mm-hmm. I think there are people who do believe. And I think the majority of people, though, outweigh that with, ah, oh, it's fun. Yeah. It's just a fun story. You know, I go to Loch Ness and I get me a Nessie stuffy from the gift store and maybe a refrigerator magnet. 
and we go out on the boat and drink some beers. Like, I think yeah. that is the majority of people. Yeah. I think the people who want to believe are probably the ones that we're talking about that maybe make something out of a sighting that they don't have. Mm-hmm. And then I think there's real genuine people who want to get to the bottom of it and find out if there is something. Yeah. But I think all of those things create a perfect storm of pop culture creatures. Mm-hmm. But the possibility of it being something outside of the realm of common knowledge is thrilling. And that's what a lot of us are attracted to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's terrifying. I, uh, uh, I just, I understand why people are like, Oh, this is fun. I've got like the merch and everything, but these things like are genuinely nightmare fuel to me. That's because, that's because you hate water. Yeah, you're insane. Yeah, I'm not. See, that's it's what um, you're not. There's more of you, you around me than not. But yeah, <laughs> do you do you get scared if you take a bubble bath and you can't see the bottom of the tub? Okay, <laughs> I feel like I'm getting made fun of right now a little bit. You no, are it's, no, it's, no, it's just no, flat out. But I will tell you that I don't take bubble baths <laughs> after. Nightmare on Elm Street 1 because I'm constantly afraid that that claw is just going to randomly come out if I doze off. Nancy. <laughs> you guys want to hear about the green clawed beast of the Ohio River? Oh, I, real quick. Before yeah. we move on. Yeah. Before we move on. Uh, did you know that there is uh, another lock monster just two locks over from Nessie? Really? Yeah. After Nessie, it's among the most written about of Scottish legends. And her name is Morag. <gasps> Morag. I far prefer Morag to Nessie. She sounds way more fun. She sounds like a grumpy old lady. So if we go to Scotland, we have to go to Loch Morag. Yes. yes. And we have to leave offerings for this amazing sea beast. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. No, we get there and it just raises out of the ground and it just adopts Hannah as its child and then just sinks it into the lake. Hey, so here's if the, I can become a lake bog witch, I'd be fine with that. Yes. So they, let I'm going to read you the description of Morag. <coughs> Described as being brown, 25 to 30 feet long, with rough skin and three dorsal humps rising 18 inches above the locked surface. The head is over a foot wide, and the tail is about 15 inches high. Oh my god. So it's they're literally describing a sturgeon. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you just fa- oh. We we go to leave offerings and this just giant sturgeon swims up on shore and I'm just like, "All oh, hail the sturgeon beast." <laughs> I'm okay with that. Dude. I'm I, totally okay I, with that. We're all like, "Oh, doesn't it turns out it's not a lake monster." And Hannah just is like partying with the sturgeon like, "Oh." Dude, she's a swamp witch. She makes the best of it. <laughs> that you're, you're very correct. <laughs> so, so a significantly more terrifying um, lake monster is, or a river monster is the gle- the green clawed beast of the Ohio River. Yes, believed to be used as a boogeyman to keep children afraid of playing on the riverbanks by themselves, which is true. Wait, here's Stephen King's. It terrible things happen to children on riverbanks. Accurate. A- accurate. It was inspired by seemingly true events. A uh, new slogan for Underground Files called it. Se- seemingly true events? Seeming. It was inspired by seemingly true events. 
August 20th. Now with flavor. <laughs> August 21st, 1995. I was two at the time. Naomi Johnson and her friends decide to go for a swim in the Ohio River, not far from Evansville, Indiana, which, no offense, sounds like the perfect town for a river monster to live in the outskirts of, yeah. though. Yeah, it really does. Evansville, Indiana. Yeah. It's like an episode of X-Files. Uh, Naomi's friend Louise was not far from her floating on an inner tube. Naomi, being a super strong swimmer, swam out to the middle of the river alone. Out of nowhere, Naomi felt something grab her leg and pull her deep into the water. Naomi looked down and saw only what she described as a large clawed hand pulling her further down to the bottom. The thing briefly let go, grabbed her again, and pulled her down even further. Louise slam swam over as fast as she could on her inner tube, which sounds like she was being a bad friend, but it was actually a super smart plan. Like, it kind of sounds like she was being like, no, wait, stop. I'm so comfortable. But she was actually using it as a flotation device so that she could load her up on there. The creature got scared away by all the commotion Louise made and got out of Dodge. When Naomi was treated for her injuries, she had a very large gash on her leg from knee to ankle and had a distinct greenish handprint like mark on the other side of her leg, which took several days to fade away. You know what that is? What? It's a Grindelow. What's that? <laughs> so Grindelows are some of my favorite besides like the Kelpies and the water horses and yeah. the stuff that just act actively lures people to drown. Um, Dude, <laughs> I just heard about those for like the first time ever last night. Water horses? Yeah. yeah. Damn, they're cool. They're so cool. <laughs> uh, but Grindelows are, are an English folklore um, and, and they match the that beast like so well because they, they're just these kind of like gremlinous mm -hmm. kind of creatures and they have long spindly arms and long like green claws Ew. that what they do is any children who would play too close to the the edge of the water whether it was a uh, a mire a bog a river or a lake um if the kids got too close to the edge they would grab them by the ankles and drag them Ew. down into the deep and eat them yeah that's so scary and, and they were used in in you know english folklores to dissuade children from playing too close to the edge of the water because the water in Britain is cold and dank and dangerous. And if you go play in it, you're probably going to die. Oh, God. See, I understand the, that a good chunk of these monsters were in fact created so in an, in an effort to scare children to be like, hey, don't play here because they could potentially drown. But it's still not cool to do to your kid. So, so those so the question, though, those stories gave me so many nightmares as a kid. The question is though, were the stories really made to dissuade children from the water or were the stories made because children went missing in the water so often? Like like were the legends created? Is this is or a chicken or just, the egg type of deal. Yeah, yeah. this is both. Were, were but did these things actually exist at some point? Oh god. And that's where the legend stemmed from or was it literally just a cautionary tale? I don't think any Kelpies ever got any national attention, but the uh green clawed beast of the Ohio River did. It, so this this is uh uh what Ed Kemper said about serial killers. You you've only able to talk to the ones that got caught. Yeah. The other ones are really good at what they do. Yeah. Yeah. So Kelpies are like top. They, they know what's up. That's oh, yeah. why they're Ugh. not getting caught. Kel so, Kelpies are. A couple weeks later, <laughs> Naomi claimed to have been approached by what she described as a colonel in a decorated uniform asking her extensive questions about the attack and making detailed notes. Does this is this a lizard person? Is this a man in, is this a man in black? Who is this? Who's asking all these questions, Corey? You are Katie. <gasps> <gasps> Plot twist, it's just Katie. <laughs> it's just me. 
Travel, I was two at the time. I time. said, oh, that was a way too quick alibi. Crap. You are the kitty in black. <laughs> New theme song. I quit. Do you guys want to hear about the Mokele Mbebe? So, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, uh, I tell you what, uh, Tupac, he done tell me about that up at the ice shack. He told me about the Umbaba Weba Sababa. Mokele Mbebe. What do you want for nothing? I love a biscuit. I hate you. <laughs> Tell me about the Umbaba Wabba Wabba. <laughs> the Mokele Mbebe is the monster that very well be, may be a living dinosaur living in the Congo River. If there wasn't another reason to not go to the Congo River. Even in death, the Mokele Mbebe is deadly. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't keep saying that. I'm going to say it as many times as is necessary. Reports show a group of fishermen captured one and everyone who ate the meat was dead before 48 hours. A quote, long neck, a long tail, and three extremely large sharp claws on each arm thingy. Arm thingy. It kind of, do you, you appendage guys, nub? So this is going to sound really <laughs> awful, but nub. you know those like, you know those like dodo videos with cats where their front paws are all deformed and they just do perfect right angles and they just kind of elbow walk? That's no. kind of the arms that they're describing for this thing. <laughs> I have no idea what any of that was. <laughs> Size-wise, it's been reported to be between the size of a hippopotamus and an elephant with a large uh, spiny thing. Oh, with a large thing on the back of its head, similar to a chicken. The pygmies of the local... Wait, what? <laughs> it's a chicken head with duck feet and a woman's face, too? <laughs> the pygmies of Lukawara region say that they've only seen the creature eat plants and lives mostly underwater unless it's feeding or moving to another lake or river. Uh, it okay. has very hippo-like tracks. So this is a tribe of dudes running around in the jungle licking hallucinogenic frogs and sitting down by the river. Yeah. And they're like, oh, look, he's got a chicken head. And then it's got a thing. And then while look, it's, it's got little nubs. While it's massacring hippos left and right. Yeah, which, dude, first off, you don't hang out near the hippos. No, no. We all know that because they are hungry, hungry. This so so legitimately, <laughs> though, anything that, that will take on an adult hippo is terrifying it to me. Yeah, it doesn't even do it. They said it's not even eating it. It's just for the slaughter. What if it's just an uh, a de- what if it's just another really deformed hippo? Now this is oh, it's like the the, the hippo version of the elephant man. It's the ugliest hippo. That's the worst. Worst children. Hippos book are actually ever. really mean. Like, well, you're all stuck up, you jerks. Think you're better than me with your four teeth. We're gonna get so many. I hope we get an email saying like, "Be nice to the Mokelim, baby. You guys are mean." No. <laughs> uh, uh, strangely enough, there for no scientific reason where the Mokelium baby is supposed to live, mm, there <laughs> there are no hippos living there, and it's oh, a, strangely enough, yeah, weirdly the enough, hippo, the hippo killing rage monster, yeah, oddly enough, has driven the hippo population away. Yeah, really weird. <laughs> uh, paleontologist Donald Prothero remarks, "Quote." The quest for the Mokelium Bebe is part of the effort by creationists to overthrow the theory of evolution and teaching of science by any means possible. What? D- he's using it as an uh, anti uh, 
creationist theory. Or it's a, he's using it, he thinks it's a creationist theory. Additionally, Prothero observes that the only people looking for the Mokelium Bebe are creationist ministers, not wildlife biologists. So it's so it's mostly a legend made by the locals, but it's only getting a lot of media attention because for some reason they believe that this creature is going to disprove evolution. Okay, first off, no. Second off, it's not getting a lot of media attention because nobody wants to go on the air saying and <laughs> and I'm not making fun of the language. I just can't speak it. It's fun to so, say. <laughs> yes. Marco Wapper Wop. And you can't do. I said Wob, not Wop. So calm down. <laughs> she's she's really worried I'm going to say Wop on the air. And that's not what I'm doing. <laughs> Corey. Yes. And so, it's, you know, the first half of that hamburger. Well, it's a Whopper with an H. Hate you so much, Hannah. Tell me you have another monster. Um, actually, I, I think Corey and Joy had one when we recorded the last week. Flathead Lake yeah. monster. It doesn't have an unpronounceable silly name. But he's, he lives in the Congo. What do you want? From he's me? known as the, name? the Flathead Lake monster. <laughs> it's a very informative name. Yes, it, it tells is. you it's what he is. It and does, where you can find him. And does not disprove evolution. Named by uh, white people, <laughs> commented on by the underground file. That's, yeah, yeah, and we're sh bad people. Okay, so uh, the Flathead Lake monster. Well, let's talk about, f I. for those of you, have you been to Flathead Lake? I've driven past it. Like, I have never been. Times. Okay, so Flathead Lake is massive. You Massive. It is a hundred and ninety-seven square miles of surface area. Okay. The drainage basin is over eight thousand square miles. It is a massive lake with lots of underground tunnels. Ew, kill it. And kill it's it. 370 feet deep. Kill it. Kill it. Burn <laughs> it down. Katie, let's go on a boat tour. Drain the lake and kill everything in it. Uh, so the story of the Flathead Lake That's monster. That's a way to destroy ecosystems. <laughs> yeah, Jesus dude. Katie. First off, baby, baby, could come here and hang out. It'll be fine. But the story <laughs> of the Flathead Lake monster originates with the uh, Kootenai people. According to the story, long ago, the first native tribe in the area uh, lived on an island in the middle of the lake. One winter, while crossing the frozen lake to move camp, two girls saw antlers approximately two feet in length protruding through the frozen ice. Oh, God. Thinking that the antlers belonged to some animal, the girls decided to chop them off and take them home. As one does. Absolutely. You're an idiot. It's what I'd have done. It, it, You're an idiot. 100% what I would have done. This is how you die. You summon movie. a water demon, you have no leg to stand on. And I didn't go near the water. I didn't know that it was a water demon no, until after the fact. You brought the water. That's why you research. Yeah. We've talked about this for a year, Hannah. When do I get? Never. Never. <laughs> Thinking the antlers belonged to some animal, they decided to chop them off and take them home. They used sharp edge rocks to cut through the ice when the antlers suddenly started shaking. <gasps> Ew. The ice Ew. around them split open and the head of a monster appeared through the ice, shaking its giant antlers. The girls used their special powers to transform into a ball and buckskin target to escape the monster. Which I still just don't understand. Hey, they've got powers. They just happen to be 
Disney powers. <laughs> Form <laughs> of an ice menorah. <laughs> This is the stupidest, but this is the dumbest horror movie I've ever heard. But half of the tribe drowned in the lake from the ice shattering, <laughs> which is said to be the reason why there are so few Kootenai people. Which is the narrative terrifying. holds that the Kootenai never strayed far from the lakeshore after that, and white settlers later reported seeing the lake monster. So I'm looking at, I was looking at it. Uh, it seems like there's somewhere in the neighborhood of. <laughs> 180 or so sightings from 1950 mm-hmm. to 2004. Okay. So it's not super, super common, but that's still not lack of sightings. For a lake that's hundreds of feet deep that has tons of underground tunnels, and this thing clearly doesn't need to go to re- reach the surface very often. So that I don't understand the biological need for an largely aquatic creature to have antlers. I feel like that would cause a lot of like dragging. Well, like hydrodynamically. Uh you're the thing is what you're looking at is um it's going to have <sighs> it's where he hangs his laundry. Well, absolutely. And uh and, Lake monsters don't wear clothes, Travis. And <sighs> not the I've, ones you know. Yeah. <laughs> You've never you've already admitted to not having been to Flathead Lake. I will but, never go to Flathead. But if the if the you know if the lakes are frozen over, antlers are an easy way to chip up through and then uh, pull the baby seals and polar bears down. What well, I, I get, <laughs> how big are this thing? <laughs> I hate this. I hate I, this. I, I think we need to kill it. I so, I'm organizing a witch hunt. Grab your pitchforks and your torches and let's go. We we were talking about how how a lot of lake monsters are probably just sturgeon. Yeah. Um the the largest sturgeon kill it. Ooh. Corey's showing us a picture. Largest sturgeon um that was ever recorded was a female sturgeon and it was 24 feet long. Sturgeon uh sturge- it, it weighed close to 3000 pounds. Kill it. Kill it. Sturgeon so, so is what mean- we get caviar from, right? We get caviar from a lot of things. Yeah. Really? Oh, it's just fish eggs. Ugh. Let's kill them all. Caviar is awesome. Caviar is awesome. Let's kill all the sturgeon and get their caviar from them. But I mean, th- there's like pictures of people holding sturgeon and stuff like that. And the way that their tails sometimes bend, like when they're flipping them and whatever. Yeah. Look, um, surprisingly a lot like the uh, the heads of a lot of those lake monsters that, that show up. Uh, oh, yeah. Ew, God. Th- yeah, it looks astoundingly like the silhouette of a lot of super super blurry <laughs> lake monster pictures definitely before and, and we- they're they're typically bottom dwellers yeah so when they come up it's horrifying yeah because there's just this giant 20 foot long black shadow rising out from under ugh, kill it well and also the, the way that water refraction and stuff works it makes sh- silhouettes of stuff under the water look bigger than they are a lot oh, of times yeah. That's what she said. That's what she said. <laughs> I, uh, before we start getting into other things, I we didn't talk about this one last week, and I'm kicking myself because I didn't do more research on it, but one of my f- actual favorite uh, creatures, because they scare me so much, are, are kappas. Kappa, kappa, kappa. Kappas are terrifying. They are a... I first found out about kappas through a webcomic... Uh, from the same lady that does Scandinavia and the World. Yeah. Her kappas, it's this really cute little kappa, but kappas are not 
cute, fun little creatures. They are terrifying little monsters that will pull people from the water and they have a turtle back and will eat them unless you take a cucumber and carve your loved one's name into them and throw the cucumbers in the water and they'll eat that instead. Couldn't I thought that I thought with Kappa's you could uh silver coin and like throw it away from you and they chase only, it. I've only heard I, the cucumber I thing. I think there's more that depending on where you are in the world, there's more than one way to get rid the, of them. that's the Scott Irish folklore. Oh, I've only ever heard the uh Japanese Kappas. Yeah. So so there's there's a lot of um with any folklore, there's a lot of overlap through different cultures where yeah. they might have had different names once upon a time, but yeah. as folklore kind of merges as we're getting into this kind of global economy where everybody's sharing everything and all of this, mm-hmm. um, a lot of folklore overlaps where it's like, oh, we had a very similar legend and this is what we called them, but we we can call them this instead. Like, yeah, my favorite part of my hell of a Hellboy movie was whenever they spilled because uh what if one of the key things about Kappas is there's a small bowl in the on top of their head that's part of their skull. It basically their skull has a concavity that is filled with water. Yeah, and if the water spills out, they dry up and they look like beef jerky. Teriyaki flavored. <laughs> this one's teriyaki flavored. And there's a scene in the hell the animated Hellboy movie where he just where the water spills out and it dries up and it's about four pounds at that point. And he just picks it up by one of the legs. And I kind of wanted to, him to start chewing on it because he did look like a piece of preserved meat. It was kind of cool. It was, that is a super cool part of that movie. I love that movie. <gasps> you, you guys know what I think Kappa's might be a close cousin to? Ooh. <gasps> It's time for the Reptilian Report, everybody. The segment of the show where I out a lizard person and tell you why they're a lizard person. Today, we are going to be talking about a lizardy man that I adore. We're going to be talking about Mr. Howard Phillips Lovecraft. Yeah. So did you guys know that both his mother and his father were separately committed for uh, to the same mental institution years apart? True love. I was going to ask if that was how they met, but I... <laughs> This is after he was born, so he was just kind of on his own for a long time. He, uh, yeah. Wait, I, wait, wait, wait. If they're separately committed, but after he was born, like it would make sense that they went to the same institution. Why? Because they're in the same area. I mean, I guess I would think. I would think at that. I guess they didn't do like. If I get committed and you get committed, we're both going to Medical Lake. Like nuh-uh. that's how it works. Nuh-uh, because I would go to a women's place and you would go to a men's Medical place. Lake has. Really, they have co-eds? No, that's terrifying. So, so there's different wings in in most wards. Oh, that's fair. So, so like the the female patients aren't necessarily housed with the male patients, but they share the same facility. <laughs> so he had almost a a physical reaction to daylight. I mean. I do too. He refuses. <laughs> See, that's just us being fair skinned, <laughs> and you being an actual vampire. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> That's why we like you. Lovecraft would only leave the house after sunset, staying up late to study science and astronomy and read and write. He would routinely sleep late into the day, developing the pale and gaunt 
bearing he is now known for. Lovecraft's mother reportedly called him grotesque during his childhood and warned him to hide inside so people couldn't see him. In, in 1926, he wrote, I am essentially a recluse who will have very little to do with people wherever he may be. I think that most people will only make me nervous that only by accident and ex in extremely small quantities would I ever be likely to come across people who wouldn't. I I'm just imagining his mom just being Judge Claude Frollo. <laughs> you are deformed. I am deformed. I just, okay. So look, we've, we've covered some, some kind of jerky moms on this from from Wesley Allen Dodd to Ed Gein. Oh yeah. Uh we've been wa I've been watching a lot of serial killer stuff lately. Everybody go watch Mindhunter. That everybody everything goes back to moms being jerks. Yeah. Be nice to your kids, people. Please. See <laughs> I don't want to get killed. A? That's yes. Just, B I don't think that's necessarily what was happening here. I think that the reason why his parents uh, got committed were because... Because they his egg hatched and ate their actual baby? A, maybe. B, I think they watched their child get assimilated and then just kind of snapped, and which is why his mom was so awful to him and told him that he was grotesque and to never go outside because she was horrified at what he might do. Mm, okay. Because she's like, this is a hell beast. I must kill it or I must keep it away from everything. Uh, he influenced pop culture across the globe to this day. That sounds like reptilian influence to me. Well, it, he created the reptilian overlord. Exactly. Of Cthulhu. See, that's what I think happened. That's that's I think he's talking about like he's a his, prophet. Yes, that's what I think is happening. Prophet. Uh, did you guys know that H.P. Lovecraft isn't buried under his headstone? That doesn't. Yeah, that doesn't. Too many me. people were trying to dig him up. Yeah, they're wanting to use the skin suit. They're like, this is a waste of a perfectly Dude, good oh, human oh, you, suit. They've got. A, they're trying to dig up the guy who wrote Reanimator. What? Uh. <laughs> That's not news. Yeah, it's reptilian technology. Come on. Dude, okay, question. Yeah. Why would the reptilians allow the skin suits to be buried? I feel like, like it's just regular wear and tear and it's not in the budget to do a lot of repairs on I'm not even people. saying like repairs. I'm just saying like grave robbing has been a thing since since humans invented burying their dead. Right. Like if these... yeah, oddly enough, it didn't happen when we burned people. I mean, it's really strange. Um, they just looted their houses. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it seems strange to me that these very technologically advanced like overlords um would allow these like high technology skin suits to just be buried. See, I think, see, here's what I, I think it's kind of the thing with Nick Nolte and Gary Busey. I think they are, I think lizards are putting most of their funding towards updating and creating new, more deluxe suits. So the budget isn't in it to, uh, do a lot of like regular maintenance and repairs on certain skin suits. So what I think happened to Lovecraft is that one just got too much wear and tear. So the higher ups are very like, okay, well, we don't need it. This is kind of like the first gen iPad. Now we've got the iPad Pro and a bunch of... Please don't do buzz marketing for the fruit company. <laughs> That's fair. Do, so, But, but what I think is happening is I think that other lizard people, like lower tier lizard people than HP Lovecraft, it's kind of like stealing a stereo. Of like, okay, so we're going to just use this and kind of harvest it for parts at the very least. No, no. What? Really? No. 
that you're you're trying to gain reputation within the reptilian community by getting the body of the prophet. That's it. Okay. That's fair. Just kind of like, and so what would the lizard people do with it then? They'd show it to the other lizard people. <laughs> Look at what I got. Yeah, that's yeah. it. I got Lovecraft's suit. N- no notoriety, man. <laughs> General consensus? General consensus. Yes. Yeah? Lizardy? Yeah. Lizardy person? You got some news for me, Corey? I got a bit of news. We're going to start with hundreds of marauding monkeys force villagers to flee their homes in India. (laughs) (laughs) Go, monkey, go! Do they have, like, cutlasses and eye patches? No, no, maybe. No, monkeys are just mean. apparently, Apparently, like, it's slowly been kind of building, but they've turned this entire village into a ghost town. By thousands of monkeys, what? literally attacking people every time they come with groceries. They'll oh. straight up work in groups, knock the people down. When their groceries spill out, all their monkeys will come in, snag all the groceries, and then off into the distance. Are you serious? Yes, this is really what's happening. This what? entire town has been overrun by monkeys. So they've just taken over at this point. Yeah. And they're like, we want to be, we want to have dwellings. We want to have a society, but we don't. It's Animosity, the comic series. But we don't want to build it ourselves. So we're going to take it. This is the rise of the planet of the apes. Yes, it is. (gasps) Yes, it is. Ew. It starts in India. Uh, Curious piece of footage and uh, and, uh, incidental correlation to the Australian wildfires. Uh wildlife is flooding away from the fires uh into uh further western areas of of Australia including the yowie which is the Australian bigfoot really yeah more and more sightings and uh and video footage are appearing of the creature running through the wilderness oh my god that's pretty cool <laughs> yeah the yowie so uh, definitely uh, go out and check it out. There's there's more footage than I can post. Uh, so definitely go out and just search Yowie sightings oh. in Australia. On the Australia van, can we just talk about the good guy wombats that are like letting other animals like stay in their burrows? Oh, yeah, yeah, like, that's super cute. Good guy wombats. <laughs> what do you think the Yowie looks like in comparison to North to its North American cousin? I would think that it would have a little bit less fur or shorter fur. Yeah. Yes, significantly so. Very tan. Yeah. Yeah. The highlights. The highlights. Yeah. <laughs> well, I uh, will ask Jim Jeffries. It, it's it's um, <laughs> it likes to surf. Haunted Elsa doll. <laughs> Ew, kill it. Uh, haunts Houston family, uh, opening them to thousands and thousands and thousands of let it go jokes. This doll. They got in 2012, uh, the doll, uh, after a year in their home, suddenly began speaking Spanish. What? Yeah. Yeah. It suddenly started speaking Spanish. Yeah. Kill it. They got a little wigged out, so they threw it away. Two days later, it was back in their house. They threw it away again before they moved. It appeared Back in their house again. Burn it. Mm-mm. Okay, burn it. So that's bear the either ashes. the doll is haunted, or there's a really mischievous little girl who just doesn't want her doll. 
to get thrown away and keeps fishing it out of the trash. She's just trying to learn all the words to let it go in Spanish. Because <laughs> I'm not going to lie. My mom threw away a couple of my toys when I was little and I legitimately got up in the middle of the night, fished them out of the trash and hid them in my room. So... I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. You're a devious little child. A Kansas man locked in a contentious legal battle with his ex-wife has asked the judge presiding over the case to allow the matter to be settled by sword fight. <laughs> yes, yes. This is how every divorce should go. Because if it's an amicable divorce, you're going to be like, this is stupid. Can we just, like with the with the Greek myth of the and, baby getting split in half. And if it's an ugly divorce, then you televise up, it. Straight up pawn far. Yes. I... I, I would, yeah, I would watch. <laughs> this is the kind of gentlemanly separation of marriage that I am here for. <laughs> to first blood. <laughs> yes. I Let's sponsor this sporting event. Uh, ghosts trip workers at a supermarket in Scotland. <laughs> okay. A weird piece of security camera footage from a supermarket in Scotland shows the workers suddenly tumbling to the ground the owner of the store claims that all of the falls were caused by a goose. I have a question, a, a legitimate question about those kinds of uh, incidents. So many people are like, oh my God, it's a ghost. Oh my God, it's haunted. And everybody seems to forget that the Fae are a thing. Yeah. Like, what if it's not a ghost? What if it's just some little sprite having fun? And because they are that's what they do. They all over Scotland. Mischief. <laughs> yeah, and they're all over Scotland. I'm just saying it's not everything paranormal has to be a ghost. Sometimes it, it could just be a brownie that you forgot to leave out <coughs> crackers and honey. Corn. Yeah, they're essentially Sometimes like... Sometimes it could just be a brownie that was way too good. <laughs> way so too let's good. say it is a ghost. If you die in a supermarket in Scotland, what else are you going to do? with your afterlife except screw with people rearrange all the stock after close <laughs> yes yes night. switch all of the price tags around on you, everything i would just dump shampoo on all the aisles and then you take the and then you find out the <laughs> one manager that's like just a jerk and you just dip all of his office supplies in the toilet and then put it back oh, no, on no. his desk oh no no i'm gonna set up um <laughs> I'm going to set up a, a little trap so when they open the door, there's like a big pile of baking soda and it just dumps <laughs> the vinegar onto it. Like as soon as they open the door. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. <laughs> a possessed man drove his car into a church. <gasps> oh, oh, I read about that one. A Spanish I'm man. Sorry, who, what? A Spanish man who believed that he was possessed by a demon drove his car into a church to escape the dark forces. What else are you going to do? I mean, yeah, like desperate times, desperate measures, man. Yeah. If I found out I was actually possessed, oh, that's exactly what I would do. Help me! There's and no help and uh, this one that we went over, uh, fascinating documentary coming out from the BBC. Oh, yeah? Uh, interviews with the sister of Dietloff Pass victim speaks out. Dietloff Pass! Dietloff Pass! You guys, she you does that know. every single time we say that you word. You guys, don't. <laughs> even know we're working we're we're starting to do some research for my favorite conspiracy theory everybody has one conspiracy theory that keeps them awake at night and it's Dyatlov Pass for me and I'm gonna watch the crap out of this I could do an entire other podcast about Dyatlov Pass I'm very excited about this my conspiracy theory that keeps me awake is that um while Barnum P.T. Barnum ran flea circuses yeah. I heard he actually run flea brothels as well, and that terrifies me. <gasps> Ew. I God. mean, 
I, I suppose anytime you just have a massive amounts of fleas in one spot together, that's really what you're doing. Because P.T. So. Barnum was such a good person anyway. Hey. <clears throat> yeah. No, it was not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Did anybody die, Hannah? I mean, no. people die every day, Katie. Really? Nobody I, died. I don't know if you knew this or not, but the day that people stop dying is the day that we need to be extremely worried. That's terrible news, Hannah. <laughs> um, so I'm actually going to go over the, the deaths that we had from last week. Perfect. Because nobody died this week. Because nobody died this week. <laughs> if, if somebody that you know and love died, I apologize. <laughs> My heart goes out to you. We're not trying to invalidate you, I promise. <laughs> Sixteen forty-five. I like that we're awful people. (laughs) William Laud, an English Archbishop of Canterbury, was beheaded for treason in the Tower of London. Ooh, he was seventy-one years old. What a gentlemanly way to die. (laughs) Um. 1789, Pierre Lonette, a Dutch zoologist and cryptologist, died at the age of 82. I don't know if you guys know or if our listeners know, but a cryptologist is somebody that studies secret clues and tries to decode meanings in relatively mundane things. Dan Brown! So I'm not saying that he was silenced by the Illuminati. But I'm saying he was silenced by the Illuminati. That's exactly what happened. 1862, Samuel Colt, the American inventor and industrialist who created the Colt six-shot revolver, um, died at the age of 47 from gout. Whose spirit was then infused into a Colt. We know this. Yes, we know this. Yeah. Uh, Supernatural is not a documentary, (laughs) Corey. (laughs) Says you. 1917, William Cody... Or Buffalo Bill. Yeah. Uh, died at the age of 70. <laughs> died. <laughs> we get so excited about these people. And then I'm like, oh, yeah. That's they, somebody they that died. I haven't done a lot of research on, but I've always greatly admired as a child. And I'm really afraid to do more research on him for fear of him being a terrible person. Yeah. Eh. yeah. <laughs> 1971, Gabrielle Coco Chanel <gasps> died at the age of 87. I adore that woman. Yes. Um. In 1983, Roy DeMeo, American gangster, member of the Gambino crime family, was mm. murdered mm. At, at the age of 40. And in 2016, the man, the legend, David Bowie, mm. died. Way to bring the, the room down, Hannah. Jeez. These people died, Katie. It's not like I can be less depressing about it. Uh... You can be far less depressing about it. We will just get a lot of hate mail if you do that. Um, 1957, T.H. White. Ooh. Passed away uh, today. And also the same day as David Bowie, only three years later, uh, my mom, Yvonne Gaston. Oh, God. Yvonne Gaston. Rest in peace. We love you. Well, on that heartbreaking note, I think that about wraps it up. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, listeners. Join us next week whenever we do something horrible to Travis and then televise it for our Patreon. Beware the rubber ducks. <laughs> Next week on Underground Files. Beware the rubber ducks. <laughs> You've been listening to AU Radio Underground Files. Music is provided by Cubby, PurplePlanet.com, and Bensound.com. Views expressed do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Adventures Underground. AU Radio Podcast is a production of Adventures Underground Copyright 2018 All Rights Reserved. 
like to contact the show, follow us on Twitter at AU underscore radio, Facebook at AU Radio Podcast, Instagram at AU dot radio, or you can email the show at podcast at ADV You can also support this show and all the shows on AU Radio by becoming a patron of the AU Radio Network. Find us on Patreon as AU Radio at Adventures Underground. You can help us create this podcast and soon several others with as little as a dollar a month. Thanks for listening. Thank you.